You are listening to Bullet Points with Margot Bennett, the Executive Director of Women Against Gun Violence. Bullet Points is our 15-minute monthly update on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm Margot Bennett, the Executive Director of Women Against Gun Violence, and this is Bullet Points, our 15-minute or less podcast where we update you on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement. I'm still recording from home, so please excuse any background noises. There is so much going on right now, legislatively and policy-wise, in Los Angeles, in California, and in Washington, D.C., that in today's podcast, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of legislation and actions taken by our representatives and policymakers. Over the next few weeks and months, we will be providing more legislative and policy details through our Action Alert system. You can sign up to receive our Action Alerts on our website at www.wagva.org. We will also be updating our legislative page on our website with more details and, of course, For up-to-the-minute updates, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So here we go. Starting in Los Angeles, WAGVA's hometown. Los Angeles City Attorney Mike Fuhr has filed a lawsuit against Nevada-based Polymer 80, one of the nation's largest sellers of ghost gun kits and component parts. We've talked about ghost guns in prior podcasts, but as a reminder, these kits enable buyers to build fully functional guns at home without complying with background checks or gun serialization requirements. The lawsuit alleges these kits are being sold in violation of federal and California gun laws and seeks an abatement fund from any payout by Polymer to help with the violence associated with their guns. Last year, about a third of all weapons recovered by law enforcement were ghost guns. In Los Angeles, it was even higher, about 40%. The Sheriff's Department saw its seizures of ghost guns jump by 50% last year. LAPD Chief Michael Moore has reported that more than 700 ghost guns seized in Los Angeles last year were made from parts bought from Polymer 80. More than 300 were seized in South Los Angeles, where homicides have soared. Also in LA, the Los Angeles City Council has voted to provide $2.15 million to hire and train community peace ambassadors to help prevent gun and gang violence in the city. This is part of an overall effort to rethink policing and invest in efforts to address the root causes of violence, an effort WAGVA supports. This current investment falls far short of the $54 million requested, and Council Member Mike Bonin on his Facebook page gives a compelling reason for his no vote because of this limited investment. 
we and our coalition partners see this $2.15 million as only a first step. Now for California. Here are some dates you may want to note for the 2021 legislative session. February 19 was the last day for bills to be introduced this year in the California legislature. June 4 is the last day for bills to pass their house of origin so they can go to the other house. June 15th is the last day for the state budget to be approved. September 10th is the last day for bills to pass both houses. If they pass, they go to the governor to sign or veto. And on September 10th, the legislature goes on recess. October 10 is the last day for the governor to sign or veto bills. And January 3, 2022 is the day that the legislature reconvenes. And now, here are just some of the important pieces of legislation being considered in the California legislature. Assembly member Laura Friedman has reintroduced the Parental Notification Firearm Safety Laws, AB 452. This legislation dovetails with our top project and school notification projects, both which deal with safe gun storage and informing parents and caregivers of the safe gun storage laws in California. This legislation will require a school district, charter school, or private school to inform parents and guardians of students about California's child access prevention laws and laws relating to safe gun storage of firearms. Last legislative term, this legislation was pulled due to COVID restrictions placed on bills moving their way through our state government. We are hoping that this year, AB 452 will pass and be signed into law. It's a common sense law that will help save lives. State Senator Dave Min has proposed to end the sale of firearms, ammunition, and ghost gun kits on state-owned and county-owned property throughout California, effectively ending taxpayer funding of gun shows in California. This legislation builds on a previous law, which ended gun shows on the state-owned Del Mar Fairgrounds. The first hearing for this bill is before the Senate Public Safety Committee on March 16. Assemblymember Kevin McCarty not to be confused with Representative Kevin McCarthy, has introduced AB 1191, which requires the California Department of Justice to analyze data from firearms recovered at crime scenes to determine trends and patterns related to how these weapons are sold and trafficked. The bill will also require the DOJ to provide an annual firearms tracing report to the California State Legislature. The resulting analysis will enable California to make informed decisions on policies designed to prevent gun violence. California State Senator Stephen Bradford 
has introduced SB 493, the Promise Act. The purpose of this legislation is to improve spending and accountability of an annual grant called the Juvenile Justice Crime Prevention Act. The Promise Act will help align funding with today's needs and present day realities. Black and brown youth have experienced the brunt of California's punitive system. Better investment can ensure that state funds no longer prop up a system that has consistently failed youth and communities of color. In keeping with our belief that legislation alone cannot prevent gun violence, we believe it is time to invest in a new vision for California's young people. One that recognizes that health, education, and community-based services are essential in preventing youth's exposure to the justice system. And now, here's a topic we haven't had need to address for a few years. Federal legislation, proof that voting matters. We are excited that Congresswoman Katie Porter has reintroduced legislation to reduce violence against individuals with mental illness and disabilities. The Mental Health Justice Act would make it easier for state and local governments to send trained mental health professionals instead of police when 911 is called because of a mental health crisis. The Mental Health Justice Act would create a grant program to pay for hiring, training, salary, benefits, and additional expenses for mental health provider first responder units. Grant recipients will receive technical assistance from experts in disability rights and in substance abuse and mental health. States and localities that choose to use their own funding for program costs would be able to access this expertise as well. It is estimated that one in four fatal police encounters involve someone with a severe mental illness, making the risk of death 16 times greater for these individuals than for others approached or stopped by law enforcement. Those who are arrested are often charged with minor nonviolent offenses. As a result, jail and prison systems are overcrowded with thousands of individuals who would be far better served by other community resources. Senator Bob Casey and Representative Dwight Evans have introduced the Resources for Victims of Gun Violence Act. The act would establish an advisory council to help victims of gun violence learn about and access the resources, programs, and benefits that could help them meet a wide range of personal needs. Included in those who will benefit are survivors and their families, classmates, and coworkers of individuals impacted by gun violence. 253 voter suppression bills in 43 states have been introduced so far this year. That is why it is good news that HR 1, the For the People Act, has passed the House of Representatives and moved on to the Senate. 
If signed into law, this bill will expand voting rights, change campaign finance laws to reduce the influence of money in politics, limit partisan gerrymandering, and create new ethics rules for federal office holders. The John Lewis Voting Rights Act, also known as the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, H.R. 4, is proposed legislation introduced after the death of John Lewis. This important legislation would restore parts of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, many of which were struck down by the United States Supreme Court in 2013. Particularly, it would bring back the Voting Rights Act of 1965's requirement that certain states pre-clear with the federal government certain changes to their voting laws. H.R. 1280, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2021, has passed the House of Representatives. If signed into law, this bill will ban chokeholds and overhaul qualified immunity protections for law enforcement. It is not anti-police to require accountability. Both H.R. 8 and H.R. 1446 seek to improve the federal background check system. H.R. 8, by extending federal background checks to all unlicensed sellers, including online, at gun shows, or out of homes, and H.R. 1446, by giving federal investigators more time to perform background checks, 10 days instead of the current three, and close what is known as the Charleston loophole. We're not done yet. Representatives Joe Neguse and Lucy McBath have asked President Biden to appoint a national director of gun violence prevention, arguing that a comprehensive government approach to address this violence will help bring our nation out from under the depths of the gun violence crisis. We are excited and welcome this action. And finally, Senator Amy Klobuchar has introduced in the Senate the Protecting Domestic Violence and Stalking Victims Act. The current prohibition on gun ownership that some abusers face would now also extend to people who have had restraining orders filed against them by a dating partner. If signed into law, this bill will close the boyfriend loophole. The term boyfriend loophole refers to a gap in American gun legislation that allows access to guns by physically abusive ex-boyfriends and stalkers with previous convictions. Well, that's it for today. Please sign up for our action alerts on our website at www.wagba.org. Our action alerts will provide you with details and updates as all this legislation moves through Congress or our California legislature. And as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at wagva at wagva.org. Thank you for listening to Bullet Points, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
visit our website at wagv.org to sign up for our action alerts. We're looking forward to you joining us next month.